Radio Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about today's news and issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. And let me introduce our, our cast of, uh, of characters today, panelists. Yes, we have. It's going to be a short list. We have Lieutenant Bob Kroll, all the way from Minneapolis. So uh, thanks, for Bob, uh, for being on the show. We uh, had a little technical difficulty uh, with, uh, with Agent Dan O'Kelly, so I don't think that he's going to be able to make the show today unless something changes. So, But thanks, uh, Bob, for being on the show. Appreciate it. Also, a shout-out to our sponsors. We have Motion DSP, GullsGunLearn.com, MyMedicare.Live, and we're fueled by Bang Energy. Matter of fact, it's the peach mango for me the day. Great flavor, so thanks, Bang, for the uh, for the fuel. Also, a shout-out to Brian Burns for the free press for current content. And huge shout-out, Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media, redvoicemedia.com. Out of the eight locations that we're streaming to today, and YouTube is not one of those, but three of those belong to Red Voice Media. It's their Facebook pages with about one million followers just on three Facebook pages. So thanks, uh, Ray, for helping make that happen. Uh, guys, we have a, a good lineup today with some very interesting stories. So without uh, wasting any more time, let's hop over to lawofficer.com. And look, a lot of their content is is written in the Alpha News. Now, Bob, your wife, uh, you know, she is with Alpha News, if, I, if I'm if i not mistaken, correct? Correct. Yep. Liz is. So, uh... Liz, so Liz Collin, Bob's wife, is with Alpha News. And so she's actually got her hand in a lot of this stuff. And I was I noticed that there's a lot of tweets to these stories that are under her, her Twitter account. So we have DOJ releases findings of an investigation into the Minneapolis Police Department. Now, this is a this is Bob Kroll's wheelhouse. So I, I get these articles that are involving Minneapolis or St. Paul, and, and I I, uh, I hold them for Bob to be on the show because it just make, you know he's got the inside scoop on everything. He knows he's still there. He lives there, and he knows everything that's going down. So listen to what's going on with this. I can't wait to hear you know insight from Bob on this. There's a couple articles to reference this, but uh, U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland was in Minneapolis on Friday to announce the findings of a federal government uh, pattern or practice investigation into the Minneapolis Police Department. Now, it goes on to say that the report, it's 92 pages, and in its civil investigation, not criminal, but civil, the DOJ says that it has reasonable cause to believe that the city and its police department, quote, engage in a pattern or practice of conduct that deprives people of their rights under the Constitution and federal law, uh, unquote. So on the surface, it sounds bad, right? It gets better, though. The report accuses MPD, uh, the Minneapolis Police Department, of using excessive force, including unjustified deadly force, unlawfully discriminating against black and Native American people, violating the rights of people engaged in protective speech, and discriminating against people with behavioral health disabilities. So really making it sound bad, right? The report also found persistent deficiencies in MPD's accountability systems, training, supervision, and officer wellness programs. It includes several remedial measures that will be enforced under a consent decree. So yeah, so they're going to go there with a consent decree against the agency. The city also recently entered into a, a settlement agreement with the State Department of Human Rights. Now, the companion article to this it is also, um, you know, it's also, you know, covered by Alpha News. Biden DOJ lowers the boom on Minneapolis police. So it talks about the crime and, and, and it actually discredits the DOJ investigation against the Minneapolis Police Department. So it says Minneapolis is actually in the middle of a of a crime tsunami. It's out of control. Man, they're giving stats for like, uh, you know, uh, at, uh, stolen vehicle reports and homicides and gun crime is crazy. So in the midst of this crime wave, at a time when the population of the city desperately needs more, not less policing, the Biden administration lowers the Justice Department boom on the Minneapolis Police Department. The DOJ's report is the final nail in the coffin of active policing in the city. 
virtually guaranteeing a further decline in the morale of officers and their numbers and continuing high levels of crime, ironically and sadly, in those predominantly black neighborhoods where more policing is needed the most. They're saying crime's going to go up and people that want to do the job of police work is going to go down. You're not going to be able to get cops to do the job. There was never any question, according to the article, that the Justice Department, the DOJ, would find uh, systemic racism in the Minneapolis Police Department. It goes on to say the report was clearly prepared by people who were probably, they don't know uh, the first thing about what cops have to go through every day, every shift, every incident, they, the abuse that they suffer, the dangers they face in every encounter, and the depravity of many offenders. And it goes on to say the guts of the charge of the discrimination is based on the same old faulty failure to impose complete and proper controls on statistical analysis. So they're saying they're using faulty stats. The DOJ, and according to this article, it cites the meaningless statistic that blacks are stopped in a number disproportionate uh, to their share of the population. And, and of course, they make up what, 12, uh, 13% of the population, United States-wise. Of course, uh, of course, they are um, stopped disproportionately, according to the article, because says, because blacks commit a disproportionate amount of the crime. Every study ever conducted, including victim surveys, has shown that blacks are arrested in the same uh, proportion as they offend. National studies show that the that the stop rate for blacks is actually lower than their violent crime rate would predict. The Justice Report is absolutely void of any analysis. In New York, we know that blacks commit two-thirds of all violent crime, and they comprise 23% of the population in New York, yet there's only 53% of, of all uh, people being stopped are actually black. So it's not up at, at two thirds. And where is the comparable DOJ review of Minneapolis data? It goes, it is crime that predicts police activity, not race. So I know I, I, I talked a lot on that. So I apologize to the listeners, but I wanted to get out that information. Now, Bob Kroll, uh, you were former lieutenant, retired not too long ago from Minneapolis Police Department. You were with the Police Federation, the police union. You were there when um, Derek Chauvin and George Floyd went down. Uh, with the Mojave Noor and uh, Justine Damon went down and then some other stuff in St. Paul and stuff. What can you tell us about all this? Well, first, ship, uh, uh, Minneapolis uh, policing and crime just can't seem to stay out of the news because all of this stuff is very recent. This happened in the past week. Um, and the, the DOJ's uh, report is completely flawed. And I'll tell you why. Um, in my time, I, I retired two and a half years ago. I was on our police federation board for 25 years total and my last six i was the president there so so i oversaw a lot of uh, studies over the years on, on uh, racial data collection on whether it was uh, traffic stops or suspicious vehicle stops or suspicious person stops and the the, the our union the federation always uh, wanted a seat at the table and we always went along with those studies however something that the administration was always resistant to my biggest point, and the same thing happened in this DOJ study, is they're taking end data, the end data on stops. They're just, it's not qualified by anything. They're saying, okay, you stopped Native Americans and African Americans disproportionately, and here's why, and here's the numbers. But what the administration, through all the studies we've done over the years, and what the DOJ study just did now is there's no beginning data taken. And what I mean by that is to make any type of statistical analysis valid, you've got to tabulate track and, and uh, account for what that unbiased 911 caller, be it the victim or the witness, the person that's reporting the crime describes the suspect as. And unless you're willing to come to terms with tracking that, that data, no matter what the outcome on who stopped and why, it's invalid. And the city would never do that. In this case, the DOJ didn't do that. So how is it disproportionate if you are stopping the described uh, characteristics of the person in the crime? And 
without name and race involved or anything, um, you can you can use your own imagination on this. And and the bottom line is, if it's proportionate for what the reported suspect description is in the crime, then it's not disproportionate at all. That is the biggest flaw, and it's what the local media, uh, with the exception of Alpha News, doesn't want to talk about. Um, if viewers want a more in-depth look at this, it's alphanews.org, and there's a great article by Cheryl Schmidt, who's uh, she was interviewed. She's my she was my vice president and, and my successor now as the president of the federation. Uh, Greg Polis, a, a local guy that ran for office and an attorney, did a good analysis. But on a larger level, um, no one does it better breaking this down than Heather McDonald. Um, if you've read her book, The War on Cops, or listened to her speak anywhere, she's on, on Fox News from time to time. But she does a great analysis of this data that we're talking about on a national level. Um, that's why it's flawed. Um, they also talk about another minor point about well, they put handcuffs on people disproportionately. Well, you can always unarrest anybody and handcuffs are for the safety of everyone involved. Um, when in, I've always been a proponent, when in doubt, put handcuffs on, secure the person. You can always take them off and give an explanation of why. And they say by officers applying handcuffs, it, it uh, negatively impact. And it was, uh, uh, um, oh, I forget the term that they used in the article, but it, but it was um, bias policing and it was humiliating. That's what it was. It was humiliating to put, be put in handcuffs. Um, but they didn't look at our policy and procedure manual. They didn't look at the labor agreement. They just collected this data and no one would expect anything different out of the Biden DOJ if you're following national politics at all. All right. Thank you. And you're right. And you know, it's funny you mentioned the word bias policing. You know, in a not too long ago, Police One actually released an, a, a very well-written article talking about uh, bias in police work and how it actually saves lives. You know, you know, there's one thing to be prejudiced and there's one thing to be by and bias actually is a, it's a prerequisite for doing police work. In fact, you, everybody has their own biases, but bias doesn't have to be a bad thing. A bias can actually be a good thing that will help you discern certain things and save your life. So people, you know, bias has got the certain, Certain outlets are trying to get bias just a, a you know a bad gig a bad name and it and it and it shouldn't be one and also being disproportionate. Let's say that you've got thirteen percent of the population, which is with the black population thirteen percent. How you know you telling me that down the line you're going to give driver's licenses out to that thirteen percent of all the driver's licenses issued are going to be the blacks and that people being arrested that thirteen percent are going to be black. You know you're never going to have a a a exact proportion that reflects a population on anything outside of of that scenario so you're just you're just it's simply not going to exist and people throw uh throw get excited about the numbers not matching up you know well you know our you know community hoa you know is not made up of the it doesn't adequately reflect the people you know we don't have you know uh six percent of indians you know on our board or we don't have 13 percent of blacks or maybe you know seven percent of you know would, would be what black males and maybe six percent would be black females you know you're never going to have that uh, re reflected as it relates to the population. People get excited over that, but it's just a fact of life. And you don't. And whenever you go to skew things to get things to match up, things go south. So, um, so um, thanks for pointing that out, Bob. I want you to talk more about your your uh, Liz Collins book in a second. Let's take our first commercial break. We'll be right back. You know, Motion DSP. They've been around for over 15 years, and they've been supporting law enforcement with a robust suite of video and audio redaction and enhancement software. The Motion DSP software, it's easy to use, requires no specialized training or expertise. And with Spotlight's uh, valuable one-click automating tracking feature, you can save valuable time 
and forensic suite of enhancement filters, you can achieve results quickly in just three steps, import, process, and export. Now, Spotlight is built specifically for redaction. It works with video from any camera source, and using Motion DSP's algorithms and object tracking technology, it automates the process of blurring faces and other identifiable information that saves users countless hours compared to manual frame-by-frame -frame redaction. And forensic enhancement software, that allows users to quickly process and analyze any video file format using patented super-resolution algorithms and enhancement filters to reveal an unseen level of detail. And you can actually get forensically valid evidence from a low-quality video in just minutes instead of hours. So simply go to MotionDSP.com for more information, MotionDSP.com. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. And yes, we're live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. we got Lieutenant Bob Corwillis from Minneapolis. And so, Bob, have we exhausted the last, the, the first time? I know, I, that's right. I wanted to talk about Liz Collin, you know, that, that real pretty woman that you, uh, you know, you must have the gift of gab, Bob, because, uh, of course, I, people say that about me because, you know, I got my Colombian wife, you know, and uh, our wives have never met yet. But, but yeah, I'm a big fan of Liz, and, uh, you know, I know she's with Alpha News, but that book that, that, that she wrote, and you're like one of the star, the star people in the book. What can you tell us about the book and how and why people should get it? Um, it's, it's right here, Chip. Thanks for asking. It's, it's, uh, by Liz Collin. It's called They're Lying, the media, the left and the death of George Floyd. Um, she put it out October. We've had overwhelming success. Um, you can, you can find it and track it. The, the website is the Um, Liz was a local television reporter here that had her, uh, she reporter anchor in the twin cities area and she had her career. Uh, turned upside down because she was married to me, the police union president, uh, at the time of George Floyd. So it involves uh, the, the backstory of that, um, the uh, the riots and the fallout and cancel culture, the power that they had. Uh, it exposes all the dirty politics involved and the uh, misrepresentation and manipulation of the Chauvin uh, trial. Um, recently now, she just fin finished uh, filming the documentary, which is going to follow up. That's targeted to be out in October also. Um, I was uh, security there. We did a lot of driving around the city and uh, film things. But she has interviews in the documentary that are going to be profound and expose the truth in this entire uh, mess known as the George Floyd incident. Um, it's uh, interviews from doctors, interviews from uh, Derek Chauvin himself, uh, Alex King, one of the other co-defendants that's in prison, their mothers. Uh, and numerous uh, officers involved in the riots. It was a very successful week last week of filming. And again, it's going to be out for free. Uh, you can track that at theirlyingthemovie.com. Um, we are, it's a crowdfunded documentary, so we are looking for contributions to make it uh, successful. So please log on and check it. But it's going to be put out, uh, streamed for free. We're not sure which one, uh, which uh, uh, provider. It'll probably end up on Rumble, I think, because uh, it's going to be so hard hitting that we know a lot of a lot of uh, streaming channels will ban it. And they, and you know what? You just reminded me about the movie. The I've got is the, the link I have on the ticker below the screen for the people that are watching the video portion of our show. That's accurate, correct? Thelikespose.com. That is, and that will take you to the movie. Also, there's links. To I will. Okay, and, and but the website for the movie as well. What is that specifically? And I lost your audio here, Bob. But I think it was uh, the lie exposed. Movie might have been at the tag end of that, maybe. It is uh, they're lying the movie.com. Okay, they're lying the movie.com. Got it. Yep. And I'll have to yep. add that to the to the ticker as well. So so thanks, guys. I read this book. 
for people that are you know for people that are fans of the show and listening to the show i i got i like the uh the kindle version you know i can have it on my phone and read it it just it, wherever i'm at i can while i'm working out i'm on the elliptical i'm you know wherever I'm waiting on my wife at a store, you know, because it's a it's a girl store and I'm maybe in Victoria's Secret or something. I'm sitting on a bench reading, right? But I can read the book everywhere. I could not put it down. It's a very easy read, but you I will warn you, you will get angry when you read about all the um all the things that were done, the lies that were told, the things that were hidden from the general public. Um, but at least now after reading the book, that it does expose what was going on. It is the lie being exposed. Literally, you're gonna get angry, uh, but you're gonna be fueled. Uh, by accurate information. And it, I'm telling you, you need to read this book. You really know, need to know the truth. People who you thought were bad guys with this thing that went down are going to end up being good guys, and some good guys are going to end up being bad guys. It's a great story. You you just really, you really need to do yourself justice by, by reading this book. Um, so thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's all good. So guys moving along here, let's, we're going to go to our, uh, first, uh, story that's got a video component. Look, it's hardly cover a story in the news today that doesn't have a video component. So at rumble.com and the best law enforcement video channel out there, I believe is this is butter. We have Riverside County deputies. They kill a wanted felon in a shootout after a chase ends near Paris camera video of the involved deputies. Here are Dowling's actions, again, in slow motion. All right. So um, anyhow, so this happens near Paris. And let's go in and see what's going to go down with this. And just bear with me on this. So Riverside County Sheriff's Office deputies, they shouldn't kill a wanted felon. It's Ricky Owen Dowling on Wednesday night after he opens fire on them at the end of a pursuit in Meadowbrook. So the incident, it starts uh, shortly after 7 o'clock p.m. in the evening when deputies from the Sheriff's Special Enforcement Bureau, they attempted to serve a warrant, you know, for this bad guy. So uh, the deputies, they saw a man matching the description of the felon. He's leaving a residence in a vehicle. He attempts to conduct a traffic stop. The chase begins when the suspect refuses to pull over. So now they got a pursuit going, right? Driver loses control of the vehicle near an intersection. He exits the car and he shot at the deputies, but they return fire. So there is a great air service video of this incident going down. When this bad guy gets out of the car, you could, you could, you know, I know you could, if you can't see me smiling for the audio people that are watching, you know, listen to us on, you know, radio and, and podcast. Yeah, I'm smiling. You can see puffs of dirt hitting all around him as the cops are shooting him, right? Because he's got, he's using the, the car kind of like as a shield, but he's shooting at the cops and you can, you can see them missing, but they finally, you know, make the target. And uh, it's, it, but the puffs of dirt are like flying all around this bad guy who's in the field. The suspect is pronounced dead at the scene. So it ends up, you know, the, the right thing happens and everything's justified. Uh, Lieutenant Kroll, your thoughts on the, uh, on the shooting as it went down? Bob, I can't hear you at all. Um, so let's move on to the next topic then. And on our next one here, uh, we're going to go to, uh, the next story that's got a video component. So at rumble.com and it's on police activity, we have an Arkansas law officers. They're shooting an armed suspect who fires on them during a wild pursuit.
So we're in Mayflower, Arkansas. So on Sunday, January the 8th, it's 1 o'clock in the morning, though, so it's early. We have the Faulkner County Sheriff's Office deputies. They're initiating a traffic stop on a vehicle that's driven by a 53-year-old named Michael Scotty Helton. You know, bad guys always have three names, right? And look, we're ready on podcast listeners. I'll describe in great detail what's going on so you don't feel like you're missing out on anything. Uh, because obviously, you know, there's a video component of this, but if you're listening to the show, if you simply watch our show that gets aired within 24 hours at nine o'clock in the morning, the next day, this show will air with all the videos embedded in them and pictures of the good guys and the bad guys. So again, Arkansas law officers, they shoot an armed suspect and Bob, can you kill your microphone for me, please? Uh, they shoot an armed suspect who fires at them during a wild pursuit, but guys, it's time for a second commercial break. So we'll be right back. All right, guys. Hey. It's time to talk about Gauls at Gauls.com slash Leo. And you guys know about Gauls, right? You should by now. The country's leading uniform, uh, clothing, equipment, and gear provider for law enforcement. They have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and flashlights to duty belts and tactical gear. And, you know, and as Captain Brett Bartlett always says, they pretty much have everything for law enforcement except for guns and ammo. So Gauls.com slash Leo, especially if you have a uniform program at your agency, uh, their uniform program is second to none. I know even at my former agency, the Tampa Police Department, we used to have other companies that would do our uniform program. We've dumped them, and Gauls is absolutely killing it. So, look, if you're a department head, if you're looking for someone to do a jam-up job for your agency, Gauls.com slash Leo. Uh, consider uh, using their uniform program. You won't be disappointed. And we're getting ready to have uh, some good stuff going down with Gauls you know, right now with some contest gift cards and stuff like that. So stay tuned for that to happen. So, again, Gauls dot com slash leo if you haven't been do it today and do it now let's talk about medicare insurance options there's over 80 options in just hillsborough county alone now the benefits can change annually so how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs the answer is simple contact mymedicare.live or call area code 813-245-6656 especially if you're in the tampa bay area talk to james or bobby meet with them in person they'll save you money on your medication co-pays find plans that your doctors accept and get more of the benefits that you qualify for so again mymedicare.live welcome back to the leo roundtable law enforcement talk show we're still live from the boss hog radio studios in plant city florida so look we're halfway there we left off being at uh, rumble.com this is on, on police activities channel and we left off talking about arkansas law officers they're shooting an armed suspect who fires on them during a wild pursuit and a wild pursuit it is and look i know that uh you know, we've had some technical difficulties, you know, going on with, uh, you know, I know Bob Kroll is uh, on the show, so he's having some internet issues right now, uh, but I can carry this force until uh, he comes back. So look, we're in Mayflower, Arkansas. So it's Sunday, it's January the 8th, 2023. It's one o'clock in the morning, so very early. We got the Faulkner County Sheriff's Office deputies to initiate a traffic stop on a vehicle that's driven by a 53-year-old named Michael Scotty Helton. So Helton, and he's our bad guy, he does not stop the vehicle and then he flees. And so now, of course, there's a high-speed pursuit. So Faulkner County deputies and Conway police officers, so they're joined by uh, their uh, city uh, components. You know, so we got deputies and we got police officers. They're pursuing the suspect, and they go back into the city limits of Conway, and uh, they're going on Faulkner County back roads as well. So the law enforcement officers, um, they end up being fired upon by Helton, our bad guy, multiple times while the pursuit's going down. So this guy's shooting out of the truck while they're chasing him. So Arkansas state police troopers joined the pursuits. Now we got troop state troopers, we got county deputies, and we got city police officers that are involved in the pursuit right now. And they successfully deploy spike strips, which we know is proven to be a dangerous job, right? So with deflated tires, 
Pelton, our bad guy, reaches an intersection and he strikes a concrete curb and the vehicle comes to rest. Now, I it's slightly elevated because, look, when he hits this concrete barrier, man, he right drives over the top of it. And he's going to like teetering on the on the top of it. Right. So it's between the, the tires. And so he's teetering. So during the course of the encounter, our bad guy pulls out a gun. Now, look, it's hard to tell whether he's like it's at nighttime. Remember, it's dark, but he's he's either sticking out through a sunroof or maybe he's standing up on the uh, you know, on the hood. But he's above the the roof line of the truck and it's a high truck anyhow. So he steps out, he pulls out a gun and he leads the troopers and the police to fire at him with their service weapons because he produces the gun and stuff. He succumbs to his injuries and he actually ends up, you know, dying at the scene. So that's the way, you know, that goes down. It's a wild video to watch. Lieutenant Kroll, your thoughts on this. Sorry for the in and out here. I've been having a tough time with the internet, but I get this is this is a good example, of a great video, good good police work. Um, not a lot can be said about it. They did a great job. Now I don't know if it reminds you of any of your car chases or truck. Actually, I should say truck chases. You know, because we're in Minneapolis, and I don't know how many trucks they have over there. But I'm in Plant City, Florida. We're in Boss Hog Country, and let me tell you, we got trucks everywhere like that. I think I'm getting bounced again, Chip. I just lost your video and audio. I can hear you fine, though, Bob, and I can still see you fine. So if, if you can't hear me, I'll tell you what, then we will, uh, you know, we will bounce to the next one then. So, but look, it's a, uh, it's a wild, a wild video. So again, for all of our radio and podcast listeners, you know, it's too hard to include a, a live component for a video during a live show. So we do produce this show the very next day at nine o'clock in the morning on Rumble and other social media outlets. But of course, YouTube uh, was canceling us. So we're no longer have a great presence, you know, on YouTube anymore for, you know, for obvious reasons. So, um, and I know Bob, you're back with us. Anything else you want to add on that video, Bob? No, sorry. I apologize for the connections here. I'm having a heck of a time. Well, just so you know that even when you can't hear us, we can still see and hear you fine. So, okay. So moving along, let's go to our uh, next one then. So We've got, uh, we're going to jump back to Minneapolis. So this is on lawofficer.com. We're on Alpha News and also uh, fox9.com. So after Minneapolis bans traffic stops, wow, five die after a suspect runs a red light. So I know that Bob had sent me the information on this. So we got five people are killed when a driver runs a red light and slams uh, into their vehicle in Minneapolis after a state trooper spots him speeding. Now the tragedy starts after the city ends up banning Minneapolis cops from stopping cars for minor traffic violations, and this happened back in 2021. So the driver exits the highway before the trooper could initiate a traffic stop and crashes into another vehicle with four women and a girl inside. All five ended up being pronounced uh, dead at the scene, unfortunately. Now, keep in mind that Minneapolis uh, is the city, and they have a police department, but we're talking about a state trooper, different agency, state agency, that's chasing these, uh, you know, that's chasing the bad guy. Uh, so the police said that the motorist then runs from the crash scene. Officers are searching the area before they take the suspect in the custody. Now, it gives names to the people that are involved. The driver is Derek John Thompson. And then we apparently he's the son of a former Democratic state representative, John Thompson. So the story gets a little bit a little bit deeper. Uh, but that's what we have, you know, going down with that. And just a, just an unfortunate story. I know that Bob had sent me some information on that uh, earlier. Your mic. I'm showing your mic muted, Bob. Uh, but love to hear uh, hear what you have to say about that. And I'm showing your mic is still muted, Bob. I can't unmute it on my end. It's got to be on your end. So if you can't get that thing unmuted, 
then I will go on to the next story then. All right, guys, I apologize for the technical issues that we're having, but um, moving along, I've got another video that we're going to end up covering. I got five minutes before our next commercial break. So look at Rumble, and I think it's the best law enforcement video channel out there called This Is Butter. So the plane's 911 call and a body cam video of a fatal police shooting that kills a guy named Scott MacDonald. So it's not McDonald, it's Mac, M-A-C, Donald. Is he the only one inside? Yeah. Right. Yeah, the police are here. No, no, next door, all the way down. Uh, three, three, three. Yeah. Okay. Hey, stay right there. Stay right there. Yeah. Fucking hell. So the police, they're responding to a 911 call. This guy is having some court of some kind of a psychotic episode, and he finds a 55-year-old named Scott McDonald in the hallway of a condo building, and he's holding an axe. All right, so look, there's a yeah, I know, I know. Producer Jimmy is, is thinking about that, and saying, "Wow, well, yeah, look, the the video on this incident, it's crystal clear." So we have four officers, and we got a lot of body cams because all these cops have body cameras, right? So they're in a narrow hallway in a condo. Uh, unit a condo building so just imagine uh it's you're not outside you're on an inside hallway you got doors on both sides as you go down the hallway and when you get to the end of the hallway it doesn't end where there's like a brick wall jimmy it, it it's got another hallway that it kind of adjoins you so you really can't see what's going around what's coming up on you around the corner like a bad guy with an axe yeah right? not a good place to be at all from the sounds of it no thank you yeah so we got these four officers and a lot of body cams narrow hallway Doors on both sides. So the officers approach an adjoining hallway. So they're coming up an adjoining hallway. And as one of the officers, as they're coming up, one of the officers, before they get there, he kind of turns to his right, opens up a doorway to a condo unit, and he goes inside of it. All right. Right after, right as he's doing that, you got this guy coming around the corner and coming up on these cops. And he's got what in his hand? An axe. He's got an axe in his hand. Right. I mean, you just can't, you just can't make this stuff up. Right. So he turns the corner of the adjoining hallway. He's got an axe in his hand, and he starts advancing on the remaining three cops who all have body cams, but they have their handguns out. And uh, and and so he's advancing on them. Unbeknownst to him, he's getting the ready to walk by an open doorway of the condo unit that that cop went inside, right? And so this bad guy is so focused on the three cops he's advancing on, and they're screaming commands on him. Hey, stop where you're at. You know, Drop the axe. Put it down. And he's not buying it, right? He's advancing on them. And so he's advancing. He's got the axe in his right hand, and it's raised up. And he walks by this open doorway. Now, we know this because the cop in the doorway has got his body cam on, too. And he's got the door pinned open, and he watches this guy come by. And he's not obeying the commands from the, from the from his cohorts, you know, his backup officers. And uh, and he's advancing on them. And the guy never even turns to his left and look at the cop with the open doorway. He's just oblivious to the open doorway to his left. Cop draws down on him. You've got a bird's eye view of the shooting as he goes down. So as he's advancing, um, he passes by the open doorway with the first officer that's inside. Point his handgun, handgun at him at close proximity. So McDonald, our bad guy, refuses commands to stop, advances on the three cops with their axe raised in his right hand, and he ends up fatally being shot by the officer in the doorway. He never saw it coming. Never saw the cop fire at him. Nothing. And, of course, didn't did not uh, you know did not survive it either. So that's the way that this went down just a wild 
A wild video, Jimmy. So our Darwin Award winner is, and the moral to the story, brothers and sisters, never ever bring an axe to a gunfight. Thank you very much. Yeah, I think. What a lunatic. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. So, uh, so yeah, it didn't, it didn't prove out, you know, it didn't prove good for the bad guy. And just, a, just, I know that we've got Bob Prohl still on the site. I know that his microphone is still muted. So Bob, unless you're going to mute that mic, we're not going to be able to hear a word you're saying. So if you can't, I'll just finish. I'm going to finish the show out with Jimmy. So right. Thanks Bob. I appreciate Jimmy. Don't go anywhere. You don't hang up. Jimmy. Yep. We're, nope. we're going to, we're going to let Bob go and, uh, and we're going to finish this out together. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. So you just can't make this stuff up, but yeah, bad guy, Never saw it coming. And, you know, people might ask, well, look, why did this guy not yell out commands to the bad guy as he's um, as he's running by? You know, well, you know, he doesn't have to. And, you know, the other cops are doing that for him. Right. So, you know, so that's being that's already being done. So why do that? Whatever happened to the guys with the white van and the butterfly net that would come get people and put them in a special place where they can weave baskets and twiddle their toes instead of coming after cops with axes anyway? Well, Whatever yeah. happened to that? Well, you know, look, we had a story recently, what was it, yesterday, where they actually called in the, the truck, but, you know, they weren't available. You know? right. So, you know what, when you call the police, you've got to expect a police response. And, you know, don't call the cops unless you unless you really want that police response. So, look, in this particular case, yeah, there's no guys in uh, – in rubber suits and padded, you know, vans to put the bad guys in. And look, this guy. I mean, how are you going to get? How are you going to get control of this guy with an axe? Anyow, not going to happen. Nope. Yeah, unless unless you're willing to, you know, take your life into your hands doing it. So look, right. uh, we're up for our last commercial break, guys. Stick with us. Commercial break. We'll be right back. Unlearn at gunlearn.com. And you know what a great company. You know, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. Gunlearn.com, they take the confusion out of learning and they've actually made it easy. Gunlearn.com is the first and it's the only company that offers a step-by-step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy. And their training is approved by major forensic organizations, by law enforcement agencies, and also firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start today with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar. You can actually get free training for yourself and all the personnel of your agency by hosting a seminar at absolutely no cost. So go today, gunlearn.com, check it out, sign up, gunlearn.com. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're live to the Boss Talk Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. You know, I have it on good authority, and uh, I just got a news report saying that, you know, Antifa and uh, BLM had just converged on in, in uh, Bob Prohl's neighborhood, and they're they're taking out the Internet. I don't know. I think they're uh, over there with the wire cutters, Dan. Yeah, maybe the wire cutters. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they, may have done the, they may have done the trick on that, you know, because, uh, you know, I know that he's been having, a, a you know, a tough time. So, uh, wow. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no, but, of course, I'm making that up just in case there's anybody that thinks I'm being serious about that. But, look, people may wonder – you know, really, why these when these incidents go down, we have a bad guy with an axe going down. You know, uh, you know what the best way that you know you got a, you got a guy with a deadly weapon. You know, and look, tasers don't always work, and uh, you know you can't have the guys in the the rubber the rubber suit squad come in and grab the bad guy and do it safely. So just sometimes you just need to use deadly force. Oh yeah, understandable. But it sounds to me like that was somebody that shouldn't have been out on the out in the streets in the first place. If you're that crazy, I mean, unless something just made you snap, if you're that crazy, you don't need to be out amongst society. And I mean, although I understand there were horrible places and all that other kind of good stuff, man, we need to bring back some source of mental health care, even if it is the happy homes again to, to, you know, 
just keep people like that from 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 doing what they do. If you're that nuts, you don't need to be out here in the first place. That's all. That's a great point. You know, and that's producer Jimmy's voice. You hear he's sitting he's sitting next to me. He's, he's right. in the radio station. But but Jimmy, and mm-hmm. talking about you know, you just don't need people out there. Have you been in the dating scene lately, Jimmy? Uh, no, because I actually have somebody lucky me. They're they're not here at the moment. But no. Well, let me tell you, yeah. these guys that I talk to that I hear from. Look, I've been married. I just had my thirty three year wedding anniversary, guys. So check that. Yeah, a retired cop. Been married for thirty three years. Been married to one lady, one beautiful lady, Colombian lady for the whole time. So yeah, that's that's a rarity. Congratulations! But, but the guys, thank you. But the guys I talk to that are out there in that dating scene, they're telling me that man, crazy is all out there. It is out there like there's no tomorrow, Jimmy. It's oh yeah, like, yeah. It's yeah. hot and heavy out there. Seems to be an epidemic. I mean, that's that's fine yeah. for you. Didn't hear this. It's fine for a <laughs> night, but don't stick around. I'm I'm sorry, I didn't say that. <clears throat> hey, do you remember the movie? Uh, with Glenn Close, what what was that fatal attraction? Fatal attraction Michael yeah. Douglas and Glenn Close. My yeah. wife, you know, when we got married, she made me watch that like at least once a week. <laughs> you know, I know what's up with that, yeah. but I can't. You can't get that out. They just remade the movie, I believe, too, didn't they? Right. I think they just did. But Glenn Close, I mean, who? I think it was from what I remember. It's hard for her to get good acting jobs after that because you know it's so you're yeah. so typecast after doing the thing. The crazy woman that goes mental and kills the. Kills the the family rabbit. Yeah, borrowed the money. Yeah, that was not good. Yeah, and then under the water in the bathtub comes back to life with a knife in her hand, and the woman puts her, you know, just like, oh my gosh, you know. <laughs> I mean, I can't remember the name of the woman that she was with in the movie, but I, I but I, I remember going close. I think that every man here it just scared it just scared the the be, be, that are every man in, in America. Right. You know, you know who wants to cheat on their wife in the run the risk of that happening? Yeah, so yeah, that's that's some scary stuff. But I will note I, I will note that when I got into law enforcement work, you know, there was a they were really accurately diagnosing and taking care of people with mental uh, disabilities, mental health issues. Sure. And look, we look how many people that I not just Baker Act, but took the mental health crisis center, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Got a lot of people got uh, the help that they needed, and we had a lot of institutions. I mean, not abnormally normal. We had places where we go today. We institutionalize people by putting them in jail and prison. Stuff. Yeah, it's so, a bad situation. I'm, again, I'm not trying to make excuses for the maniac with the axe. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this is why he did it because he's insane. I'm not trying to make excuses yeah. for him. And he got what he what he was asking for in the first place. But man, do we ever have a mental health problem? Well, what I, but we do, and we've kind of created this mess. Instead of getting people the help they need, uh, you know, we're we put them in prisons and stuff, and then and now of course they get out, and then we just people aren't getting the help they need. Mm-hmm. And so now we got people living in condo units and other places where you call I have to call police. They have to take the do the police action thing. A lot of times it, it, it is, you know, involving deadly force, justifiably so, but right. it does. But it's sad that we're there. And then, of course, the police get a bad rap because who else are you going to call? You know, we're the only guys that you get to call sometimes. So, so yeah. So that that's unfortunate. There's nobody else to call, I don't think, other than you guys, which Agreed. is a bit of an issue, I think. So moving along, and again, we've got another uh, story with the video component. So again, radio and podcast, we'll describe in great detail what's going on so you feel like you're missing out on anything. So we're back at Rumble.com, the best law enforcement video channel out there called This Is Butter. We have surveillance video, and it shows a stolen car rolling, and it slides across the road after a crash uh, with Michigan State Police. So we're talking about state police, you know, those big troopers, the guys that wear the, the cool looking hats and stuff. Right. right. Yeah. So and these are the guys that work by themselves. They, they have just they're just such large stature. You know, these <laughs> troopers are not like deputies and, and city cops. You know, these guys are like they're look when you're a trooper, don't count on them being back at back, you know, back up any 
you know, anytime soon. You know, you're out there, you know, there's not a lot of troopers out there. You're covering the whole state, right? So surveillance video of a crash involving a Michigan State police trooper and teenagers in a stolen vehicle. It showcases the aftermath of the wreck. So there is a video component of this, of course. So the agency said the troopers from the Grand Rapids Post that they're chasing a stolen vehicle in uh, Muskegon, and that's when the car strikes an assisting uh, trooper's cruiser, and it happens at an intersection. And, of course, yeah, there's a video that shows this thing. Yeah, it is a nasty crash. So it happens at an intersection. It's 9.15 in the evening on Thursday. First responders, they took the two troopers and the two teenagers to a hospital for treatment. The agency said that on Friday that one of the teenagers was taken to Grand Rapids Hospital and the other one remains hospitalized. One trooper was released from the hospital while the other remained hospitalized. It was pretty serious. Mm-hmm. And Ms. Keegan firefighters said that one of the troopers was actually, or one of the officers, yeah, was trapped inside the car and it caught on fire. Oh my God. The other vehicle also uh, caught on fire after it crashed into a building and the crews had to pull out a trapped occupant out of that one as well. So it was, it was just a mess. Let me tell you, the video footage of this crash going down and the car flipping and sliding and cr- it's just, it, it is, um, it really is unbelievable. So if you guys get a chance to watch the video component of this, which comes out at nine o'clock tomorrow morning um, at rumble.com on the Leo round table, rumble channel, please do it. You know, it is, it is really unbelievable. Unbelievable. Sounds like some out of a horror flick. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, so, but, but it happens. So look, the, uh, I think it's going to end up being our last one that we're going to be covering. So we're still at rumble.com. This is Butters the channel. So we have a robbery suspect who dies after being shot by a police officer in Greens Point. So robbery suspect shot by Houston police and Houston gets a lot of action. I mean, I, you know, there are a lot of agencies that we cover on the show and you get kind of get the note where the actions, you know, coming from, but Houston PD and Texas, they get a lot of action guys. So this happened on a Wednesday evening and the uh, police officer, the robbery suspect who was shot by a Houston cop ended up dying. So the shooting happens around six o'clock in the evening. So it's the, Harris County Sheriff's Office deputies and the Houston police are actually working together. They're conducting surveillance in the area and they're doing a joint operation together. Not, not unheard of. You got deputies and cops working together. It's a beautiful thing. It's almost as good as, as, as cops and firefighters working together, right? <laughs> uh, and uh, there's more fights though with cops and firefighters, uh, with the cops and firefighters working together, but it's, it's a high volume of recently reported robbery. So that's why they're doing the stakeout. So during their stakeout, they witness a man matching the description of one of the robbery suspects, and he goes into a crazy dollar store. How about the name of that store, right? That's where crazy I want to be. dollar store. It sounds this, best to be avoided, I think. This place had just been robbed on Saturday, and it was also robbed on Sunday. So within minutes, they see this guy. He runs out of the store, and the officers move in immediately, and they're investigating, right? So the officers confirm the story. Just been robbed. Guess what? Bad guys, you know, the suspect, he's running. And so they start looking for the perp, right? The perpetrator. So when one of the officers spots the armed suspect, he gives verbal commands. Suspect ignores them. So the suspect, he's running up on the officer as he's sitting in his car on the side of the road. The officer gives commands, hey, put your effing hands. There's an expletive, of course. Put your effing hands up. 
before the officer unloads with his firearm on the bad guy. The officer actually opens fire. He strikes the suspect several times. The, the guy, the suspect running up on the officer had so much forward momentum, they couldn't even stop. They kept coming at the officer, and the suspect ended up dying. But the cop is sitting in the car when all this stuff is going down. It's just, a, just an amazing, amazing thing to witness. I mean, it's sad that it had to happen, but it's amazing. I know we got less than a minute, but wow. Took out an entire row of canned peas. Bad situation. Sorry. <laughs> All right, I'm trying to get the, the relation to that. I just don't get it. So, so it's a little crazy dollar store, right? Yeah, yeah. So we got uh, on our streamers. George is commenting about you know uh, you know talking about mental health stuff. Amityville Horror. Man, these guys, you guys have got some really weird correlations here. Uh, but uh, but yeah, there's a lot of action in Houston going down. It's nice to see that none of the cops were injured, and the justifiable thing happened to a guy that just committed. An armed robbery mm-hmm. after two, it just he could have been the suspect for all three. I don't know. You but, never know. Um, I, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I've been to Houston. I, I spent a week there one afternoon. Were you there at this particular date and time? <laughs> no, that was not me. I was, was, was all the way here. I had nothing to do with any of it. It ain't my fault. I've heard stories about producer Jimmy. I don't know if they're true or not, so I can't vouch for that, people. So, no, was not me. All right. Well, look, uh, another another great show. So, um, sorry to our users for the technical difficulties that you guys, um, you know, that happened during the show, but we uh, we may do with it. Producer Jimmy, thank you so much for helping me out with this thing. Anytime. Uh, I appreciate it. And look, at this time of the show, I usually mention the Wounded Blue, the WoundedBlue.org. It's Lieutenant Randy Sutton's uh, 501c3 nonprofit helping cops out that are in a world of hurt. They're suffering from PTSD, medical issues, or maybe they're not offered a medical disability retirement option to the agency. So the Wounded Blue, the WoundedBlue.org. It's a great agency. Uh, or, or great uh, 501c3 nonprofit to get involved with. They're not going to embarrass you, and they could really use your help. So check them out. Also, a final shout-out to our sponsors, Motion DSP, GallsGunLearn.com, MyMedicare.Live. Thanks to Bang Energy for fueling us. Also, huge shout-out again to Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media, at RedVoiceMedia.com. Check out that new site, people, and let, lend us their 1 million viewers on Facebook. Hope everybody has a wonderful and safe week, guys. Thanks for your support.